What's up, everybody? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds are 2-0 to start the season after defending Highmark Stadium in their home opener, and we are going to talk all about it. Let's go! Look at that intro. That's if, right. That if you're right. doing an audio version, just go to the YouTube channel <laughs> and just watch the beginning. Like, you can listen to the whole podcast like you normally do. Just check out that intro, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I've been itching to have, Simple. like, an intro video again. And, Josh, I think it was after the last show. You were like, man, this, this show really could have used, like, a let's go. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it could have. So I think I've been it's not laziness, but like, I just haven't felt like cutting together a whole bunch of clips and things, especially with, you know, it was special when we had Paul and, and Gene and Matt's voices and all of that. And like, now we just have the, you know, the announcers from USL headquarters. And so it was like, ah, do I really want to do this? And so found a guy who was like, yeah, I'll make you one. He was like, I'll make the dog move. And like, oh yeah, let's do it. And then it was like the icing on the cake was he still got Geica's call at the very end. If you listen closely, you'll hear it. So it's short enough that on the podcast, you just hear sort of a little bit of an intro. But if you're watching, um, it's a little dynamic. It's a little fun. So yeah. Value added. Very nice. That's right. That's right. Always trying to bring you guys value. Um, Speaking of value, Josh, you were uh, running low on victory beverages, victory, victory beverages. Well, I got to yeah. open it first. You, you <laughs> okay. <all right. laughs> yeah. You talk about the beer before you open up the beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not yeah. right. Yeah. Got a whole new case of victory beverages. So hopefully, you know, hopefully it doesn't last me long enough for the season. I can get it on a case. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, you know, I'd, first of all, somewhat impressed that somebody from Victory is listening to the show and just heard like, <laughs> oh, you guys are running low? I'll just bring a few over to Josh. Why not? So Melody, our brand rep, our, their brand rep, she uh, totally just texted me right after the podcast, like the next day, be like, here, you're low on Victory beverages. Uh, you'll get some more tomorrow. I'll come bring them to your porch. I was like, sweet. <laughs> that Dude. was unexpected. Door to door. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, right? <laughs> Well, good. Thank you, Victory, for for supplying Josh with Victory yeah. beverages. And like we said, what it was two cases, so we figured hopefully we run out before the end of the season and need more. That's the hope. That's yeah. the hope. So, uh, so we'll see how that all plays out. Um, Josh, uh, I want to dive right in. I am still wearing the same uniform that I have not taken off since our first game of the season, so it's getting a little rank in my house. You are sporting the new away, yeah. well, one of the new away jerseys. Yeah, arms. The arms are gray now uh, on yep. this one. It's like the third kit they have now. And I like the little, you know, horizontal, like sideways stripes there. It, it's great. I like it a lot. I think the, the actual 84 Lumber logo looks good on it. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't like clash. The AHN lum- uh, logo. The AHN logo, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's kind of like just a little bit color difference is just enough to be annoying to me, yeah. which I mean, I'm used to with soccer jerseys. But yeah, this one looks great. I like it a lot. I haven't bought a jersey in like three years. So I was like, all right, all right, this one's good. I'll, I'll get this one. Yeah. Did you get it customized or no? No. No. no I, saw... I, I don't like waiting. Yeah. <laughs> well, what? Liz got your drunk mom on the back of hers. Yeah. Which, yeah. That's you know. her Discord username. <laughs> and like, it's just been like an ongoing joke with her for a long time because she brings like first aid kit to the 
tailgate. Everything you could possibly want is in our car for the tailgate. Like people know, just come to our car and be like, do you have, you know, scissors? Do you have, you know, a lighter for the grill? Do you have like just anything you can think of? She like, if she doesn't have it, she puts it on the list of get for the next game. So she'll have it, you know, forever after. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah this is great at that. Kev, have you seen all of the, the various jerseys um, that the team rolled out last Tuesday? I mean, I, I saw the three, right? Yeah, yeah. So but there's like, was there more? Well, there's some so, keeper kits as well. There's some yeah. keeper, oh, the keeper kit. kits, sure. And the yeah, keeper yeah. kits looked amazing too. There's a there's a black one with red polka dots that I was like, what is that? And the more I look at it, the more it grows on me. But um, yeah, so I we now have those. the 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 black and gold bumblebees, but it's black on the back, which we wore this game, and it made a huge difference. I like them so much better. Yeah, they do look a lot better. We have the gold ones that Josh is wearing right now. And then we also have the white with the polka dots that we wore in our first game. So overall, how would you on a scale of, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, how would you rank our kit selection this year? I think they're they're cool. I mean, I I saw the like the the third kit that Josh is wearing. When I saw the images of it, I was like, "Mm, I don't know, like, but seeing it, on video I, I really like it actually it looks really cool yeah seeing it in um, person it, especially that's everyone said that the event because we also saw some pictures of it before um yeah. the event we went to and they're like actually going and seeing the players wearing them uh when the players got brought out at the events like okay that that looks really cool actually they yeah. grew us a lot and i can yeah. see how like the combination with the shorts and the socks work with that top as well like what if they even if they if they want to do like yellow 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 even with the gray that kind of bounces out or the black or i think there's just a lot of options no i think they're really cool i mean they're definitely not worse than last year um and you know i they're moving in the right direction i would say and i think i don't know like we we just want some some sort of break away from the generality that's just offered as like default jerseys right and and these don't feel like default jerseys anymore. And so that's that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I think they're great. You didn't give me a grade. A, B, C, or D for the year. Jeez. For the year. I'm going to give it a solid I'm going to give it a one, solid B. One grade for all three? Yeah, yeah. Just like how would you if if you're looking across the USL and you're like not even the USL, just in general. I like our well, I think the other thing is like I black and gold are not common things right like you would sometimes you have teams that are like red and white or blue and white or whatever yeah. or blue black and gold different and sometimes i can look really weird um but and like too much but no i think i think it's cool i, I don't know i'd give it a b plus for all three of them josh yeah i would say b plus if like if our our gold standard so far has been what was it the the forbes jersey the Design one. one. Yeah. 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 That one right there. That one is still probably like just as it a design better, I feel like. But uh I felt like these ones were great and like definitely the best they've done in a long time, if ever, uh, as far as like a whole slew of kits, like the whole yeah, package. The there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, like B plus I, I think that is right. A B plus somewhere around there. Yeah, I think I'll go B plus. Uh, I said B, but I'll, I'll bump it up to a B plus. I think you're right. I think they're all unique. Like there aren't any other kits like it in the USL, which is great. I, I mean, nobody has done anything like the Forbes kit. I haven't really seen polka dots like anywhere else. Yeah, that's true. Um, so like they've got some pull at Adidas that they're trying some new stuff with us, which is great. Um, there were some teams in the USL that 
that got some really cool. I don't think they were partnering with Adidas though. Like I saw an article, I think it was the athletic did a thing about San Diego and there's a very specific, uh, green that is like known in San Diego and they couldn't get it for years. And somehow I think, I, I don't think, no, they partnered with, it's a new company that was able okay. to get that green and get that dye. So I was like, that's cool. Like it's really local. And then, Oh, who was it? Vegas. Somebody like has Vegas like, always has. Yeah, Vegas had like a like a paint splatter jersey that looked kind of cool. But oh, no, I think cool. these are solid. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the San Diego ones now. Yeah, they, it's like they have like a topographic map as their kind of yeah, backdrop. Yeah. yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're going to see more and more of that where the designs of the kits are going to try to reflect the local community more and more. Um, I saw, what was it, uh, two years ago, three years ago, Aston Villa had like a gradient, but the gradient was actually like a map of the boroughs. It was very subtle of, of yeah. Birmingham um, to really bring like that local flair. And like, I think it's cool. I like the direction. Yeah, I mean, if you're not like a like, huge global brand that needs to appeal to people who might buy your jerseys in like, you know, 20 countries, then why not? You know, like yeah, yeah. just try to be something different, unique and reflective of, of your community. I think it's cool. Yeah. Steve just posted in the chat that I guess he was talking with the lady who runs the store. She was telling him that all the kit options are fully custom designs. So there's a long turnaround if they need to order more. So nice. the lesson there is if you want to get a kit, get it now before they sell <laughs> out because you might not be able to get one later. So thanks, Steve. Cool. Um, so, Josh, you were at the, the, the special event on Tuesday where mm -hmm. they had all the players come out. They were rocking all the jerseys. Um, Tuffy made a comment about how much he hates talking in front of people. Beyond that, was there any other big takeaways from that event? Yeah, I mean, it was a really cool event. It was nice because they also gave us like a sneak preview of the vendor services, like what they're mm -hmm. going to have in the stadium as far as the food selection. We got some pierogies. They were awesome. Also had some during the game uh, this weekend. Still great. So that's that's good to see. Are they? I got to ask, are they like classic potato and cheese or like? Yes. Okay, yeah, potato cool. cheese, pierogies, uh, sauerkraut, like stuff, or the not sauerkraut, the onions on top of it. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it was it was really good. Um, I think it's like four pretty big pierogies for like eight bucks. So like it's still stadium prices. So yeah, it's yeah. like you know, mile may vary there, but it's stadium pricing. What do you expect? Yeah. So I uh, can't really complain. Uh, but yeah, the event itself though, I, I it was just really cool to. I don't feel like Bob's done this that often, but like. When he brought out all the players, he literally introduced every single one of them and talked like a good like two minute type of thing about each one of them. Some of them longer, some of them a little bit shorter, but like he had stuff to say about every single one of them, like a little bio of that person, what they're like, what he likes about their style of play. And like I I hope someone recorded all that because it was definitely something really cool to like kind of like just re-listen to and get down to the nitty gritty about what he said about each player and kind of like see how that bores out the rest of the season as far as like his observing like of each one of them so that was really neat i i thought that was informative and was just fun to see and no notes he just like yeah oh yeah okay and blah blah, blah. and they just went off on a, <laughs> a tangent about that player for a while and it's just you know, great and then it's especially cool because you know we we see the side of bob that's very much like just not angry, but you know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. very much just passionate, passionate yeah. and intense. Yeah, intense. Yeah. yeah. And usually just more technically focused and just talking about like tactics and that kind of stuff. 
But like he'd get to some guys like, and they just had a kid uh, three months ago, and they just had a kid like six months ago, and like blah 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 blah, and like she's expecting and should be here in about a month or two, like stuff like that. It was just like, just knows everything about these players, and it was was just really cool to see that side of him. Yeah, we've heard that from a few of the players as well, where the view that we always see is a very intense and passionate coach where on the sideline he's yelling after games, he's keeping the players afterwards, but he's also the guy that's like lifting players, kids up in the air and tossing them around. And like, he, he does care about the players very much. Um, Excuse me. Can you put my child down, please? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, good. I'm glad that I'm glad that it was a good event. Um, It sounds like there was a decent turnout. Um, it caught a little bit of press coverage, which is great. Love to see it. So that sort of leans into, we're just going to talk about all the festivities leading up to the game. Then we'll talk about the game and then we'll get into what's happening after the game. Uh, all Hounds Eve. So how, how was All Hounds Eve at, at Bulldog? All Hounds Eve was a blast. I, it's definitely some lessons were learned. Like for one, maybe having <laughs> All Hounds, or it's not really our choice because it's, it's going to be the day before the home opener is what All Hounds Eve is going to be. But you know, during Lent on a Friday at a place that sells fish, it, it got a little bit busy there. You know, a lot of the fish fry people there. And uh, also having our AGM also during that time, probably not the best because all we want to do is like hang out, drink, have fun, talk, catch up. You're like, all right, everyone sit down. I have minutes that I need to go. Yeah, it's like, um, I have some slides to show you. Um <laughs> It didn't happen. We didn't do the slides. It just kind of went table to table and be like, oh, yeah, this is some stuff that's going on. So I didn't feel like I was able to get too much information out about what was going on and giving everyone, you know, our what we spent our money on last year and like what we plan on spending on this year and like our plans for TIFO and like didn't get any of that stuff in, unfortunately. Yeah. But it was just a blast hanging out with everyone and having a little bit different atmosphere because usually when we all hang out at a bar or something like that or go somewhere, it's for a game. And we're all focused on that. This was like the first time where it's other than the parking lot outside when we're tailgating, where we can just kind of like chill and hang out. It's just social. Yeah. Getting to see everybody. So how, how, how late were you at all Hounds Eve? We didn't stay that late. It was, it was pretty much like it started at seven. I think most people were out by like 10 and like, yeah, you know, it's a week kind of week. It's Friday. So, so. then 14 hours later, tailgate starts in the parking yeah, lot yeah. Noon, <laughs> noon o'clock uh tailgate starts and that was a lot of fun that the tailgate was interesting because the the weather did not want to cooperate the whole afternoon mm-hmm. uh we had a huge wind come in and like all the tents even the ones that are like tied down with weights just get shoved and like everything's oh. like mayhem everyone's like grabbing the poles of the tents and like you know the canopies and trying to make sure that nothing breaks and no cars get destroyed uh, so uh, that that was a little bit of a, a pain, but by that time we realized, okay, the rains pretty much seems to be completely done. So we Put just them took all them down. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we just took them all down, and then the rest of the time, like for a good four hours of it, it was no no rain, no wind, just hanging out, having fun. Yeah. Good. 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 Um, and they did not show the tifo on TV, or if they did, totally missed it. What well, the... there wasn't the TIFO this year. Well, that, okay. <laughs> was the issue that just, like, not enough people to show up and paint, or what happened? Yeah, yeah, we didn't have enough turnout, and we we also had some planning issues getting it, you know, late. 
uh, getting all the information out there late. So our plan is to have a do-over and actually get this one up uh, before the next home game. So fingers crossed that actually happens. So now can you tell us what the TV is? No, because we're going to I know you can. I know. I know. I had to ask. I had to ask. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's talk about the game a little bit. So obviously the Hounds get a two to one win over Hartford. We remain undefeated, which, you know, our uh, our little prediction that the Hounds aren't going to lose is holding true, baby. (laughs) All season. We got we got goals from Robbie Dimbrot and King Kenny. Um, the team lined up a little bit differently, at least in terms of players on the field. Uh, we ended up regressing, I shouldn't say regressing, but once, once action kicked off, we were more of a three, five, two. So a bit more of that, like sending lots of bodies forward that we saw a little bit of last year, but in terms of starting Chase Vosvik was still our keeper, just like he was last week across the back. We had Peters, Williams, and Ordonez. So last week, Ordonez was sort of the anchor in the middle. This week, it was Williams with Peters and Ordonez on either side of them. Then you had Dambrat on one side. Griffin Dixon was not a wingback. He was tucked inside a little bit with Toby Sims getting the start on the outside. Then you had Kenny Forbes as sort of your number 10. And then you had Cicerone and Kelly up front. So, um, you know, the, the I think the big story at, at the game is this is our second week in a row of playing against 10 men. I think it was... 30 some minutes in um, the player picks up a second yellow goes off. And so, you know, would love to see the team play against 11 men at some point, but that hasn't happened yet. Beyond that, Kev, give me a, give me a takeaway for this game. What did you see? What did you think? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the obvious being, you know, I, I, the red card is very harsh. I mean, you know, I think, Griffin like wanted to put the ball down immediately and keep playing. <laughs> and the ref was like, "Wait, let me give this guy a red card." I feel like even as he was pulling out the card, like Danny was still looking around for a pass. To, like, play. <laughs> well, and like, I think too, you know, we the ref was was pretty awful. But I think uh, had the ref realized yep. that the guy that he gave that he was giving the yellow to, he had already given a yellow to, he probably yeah. wouldn't have given him a second yellow because that no was way. not worth a red. No, um, I mean, it was tough. And and I think after that, yeah, he just kind of had to set a tone and kind of keep it. Like, I think uh, um, Kelly Rosales, mm-hmm. right? I'm still learning names. Jesus. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, Kelly Rosales came on um, and it was his first challenge. Like, I it, like I, I was very aware because, like, he's, he's a player that I'm trying to keep my eye out for in the midfield. Um, it was his first challenge. Uh, and it was minor i mean the guy he was he was kind of following a guy to the byline who was who was attacking and he kind of just like tugged him a bit and the guy went down and it was a yellow card i was like are you kidding me like it's it's just a foul so i mean that tone was was interesting and set and whatever but so yeah i mean they go down to 10 men um we don't see i don't know so i i don't know what you guys are gonna say um my because you you don't read the notes before the show but that's no i don't (laughs) um it makes it better. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I actually think kind of uh, co- contrary to maybe at least surface level um, takeaways from last week compared to this week, I actually think we kind of handled 10 men better in this game. Um, we don't get three goals and we only get one goal after, you know, they're down to 10 men. Um, but, I, you know, Hartford, we really just limited them. 
to, to nothing. Um, I think they maybe get one chance in the second half at the very end. I, I mean, short of that, I don't know how many shots. That, I mean, they, they couldn't have had more than one shot in the second half. Um, I thought we really controlled the game well. We kept the, we kept the ball well. Um, there was a lot more, yeah, just proper organization and structure. Far from, far from where we need to be. I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong, but just compared to last week, it was better. I mean, just to the simple fact of like, um, I don't know if it was the difference of starting with uh, Mikel Williams in the center of the back three, but it felt like the back three was more organized, more straight, more structured, and like midfielders knew where they could drop the ball back to, what lanes were open for for kind of outlets back to the center back to relieve pressure, and um, and yeah, just everything everything just felt better. It felt like we had more control, um, and we just really limited Hartford to anything. We created some chances, and you know, in the end, we need. I mean, I should have just led with this, Jesus. I mean, like. Kenny's goal was oh my god amazing yeah <laughs> um and then everything leading up to it too I'll st- I'll pause here after I, I make a comment on it but like what I absolutely loved was when you know we turned the ball over and yeah we pressed Dixon I think presses the ball initially Hartford booted up and, and Griffin to his great credit great control brings it down very quickly and easily off his chest gets it under control really quickly lays it off um, I think it was what it was like over to, to to Sims and Sims plays it up to Dixon. Dixon moves it over to Kelly. Everything was just really fluid, and, and that was something that was completely missing from last week. Was there was yeah. very limited fluidity last week, and this this week I think people were linking up better. Um, and yeah, Kenny just boots it in. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just I thought a more complete performance. Still far from where I think we need to be if we're if we consider ourselves like you know title title challengers, but. Um, weirdly enough, you know, last week, three nil win against 10 men this week, a two, one win against 10 men. I, I think we actually played a little bit better this week. Yeah. I shared a photo. I, I was going back and sort of making notes about the game and, uh, after Kenny's goal, first of all, Kenny's goal was insane. It's up for goal of the week. Go vote for it at Definitely. USL championship. Um, there always ends up being a lot of crazy goals that are up for goal for the week, but like the way he ripped it from 20 yards out up top corner, like made it look easy. Uh, his celebration, just running over to the steel army with the, like, are you not entertained sort of look on his face, which you guys had been loud the entire game. This was not like a tight, but it, there's clearly a bond there between Kenny yeah. and in the steel army. But the, <laughs> the picture, as I was watching it, I was like, wait a minute, what? We all have flashbacks to Corey Herzog picking up the ball boy and celebrating <laughs> with the ball boy. Uh, if you go back and watch Kenny's goal, the ball boy is standing there and yeah, Kenny is literally like two or three feet. And the ball boy pulls his <laughs> phone out and starts talking into his phone while the celebration yeah. is happening right in front of like no expression on his face. Not excited. Just like, well, yeah, like I don't know if he's taking notes like that's that's this e- moment. Like, no, no. Uh, go watch it again. That's not a phone. He's eating a hot dog. That's oh, what I really? thought. I thought he it was has food. a hot dog yeah, yeah, in his yeah. hand. Yeah. So it's yeah, a yeah. hot dog bun. And he's just looking up at him. And takes a bite out of the hot dog. <laughs> watching him like this is cool. And like, oh, what's funny is, better. at first I thought like maybe he wasn't paying attention, didn't notice the goal or something. Or like, did it, like just because you know nonchalant. But if you watch from the far shot, you can see on the top left hand corner of uh, when they're showing the goal, and you see him 
put his hands up like, yes, it's a goal. And then suddenly he just like looks all content and just starts eating his hot dog. <laughs> and as like Kenny's running towards him and just like, cool, this is fun. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Well, and, like, as like the team celebrating, you can see like the team moving through and you can see the kid like behind them through the team celebrating. He's just chilling there eating his hot dog. Eating like, his hot dog, Nothing man. happened. That's- Life is good. That's what he's saying right there. You know, Dude, you know, <laughs> our ball boys have ice in their veins, man. They're just like, got it. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it was so funny. It's, uh, I think Adam Marks, he uh, on Twitter, he pointed it out and just like showed that little clip. I'm like, wow, I missed it completely. Because obviously when we're yeah, there yeah. at the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's that that's that's up there. I mean, <laughs> The, the ball boy getting grabbed and like being part of the celebration was great, but this was just hilarious. <laughs> hot dog kid. Yeah. Yeah. Hot dog kid. We need t-shirts. I'm as cold <laughs> as the hot dog kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Kevin, you mentioned the, the fact that, you know, we were down to 10 men. I, first of all, I mean, we should talk about Dan Brat's goal. Um, I think yeah, that, that was uh, a, yeah. it was, it was a fantastic take by him. You know, it was like, welcome to Pittsburgh. Um, but I think it was our buddy John at USL Tactics. He did a little bit about on Twitter um, analyzing sort of the effectiveness of having both Dixon and Cicerone on the inside making runs inside and how that is totally pulling defenders who are outside inside making lots of space for our wingbacks. Because what are you going to do? Let Dixon and Cicerone run free? Like, no, you can't even like single man them. You got to double man them. And that was a case here where the ball got played out wide you could see on uh, during the during the feed, Damrot just sort of creeps his way right up along the back. I didn't think there was any way the ball was going to make it to him. I'm like, he's too far out of the, out of the shot, and uh, it just sort of made its way through a little flick to him. He even had a second to settle it and ripped it in the into the side netting. Um, I don't, I, I I haven't talked to him. I don't know what the like digging celebration was all about, but um, there has to be a story there. We're gonna have to ask him at some point when we talk to him. Just a hard um, worker, man. I, I, maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. You know, Kerr always like shot toward the moon. Maybe he's like digging to the core. I don't know. I, I'm just making <laughs> stuff up now. Um, but the point, Kev, your point about, you know, uh, us playing against 10 men, I think I'd look at the score line and I'm like, Ugh, you know, it was only two to one. And again, it was against 10 men. But we did have our chances. Like there was a goal that yeah. got called off sides that Griffin had scored. Dixon ripped it off the crossbar right before halftime, like off the crossbar and back down into the ground. So this wasn't like we weren't creating chances. This wasn't like we weren't taking it to them. Um, and, you know, towards the end of the game, there was a moment where part of me was like, we should just see if we can have 90% possession from here on out. Cause the, the, the defense was just sort of dinking it around and nobody from Hartford wanted to press. And it's like, well, it's on you guys to lose the game now. Like we could have just kept the ball. That's not the most entertaining thing to watch. And uh, I think against 10 men, I'd love to see the team pushing themselves to try to get that goal because it's like you have less to lose. But at the same time, three points is three points. And so like at the end of the day, we got six points out of two games and kind of got to be happy about that. So, um, yeah, Josh, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah. Um, so from the stands, it was, it, it looked choppier. It looked just kind of, I don't know, disjointed and mm-hmm. weird, but I don't think that was the team's fault. I think that was the ref's fault. 
And I also felt like that was very much a a weird situation with the ref. Well, like he just looked like he didn't know what he was doing half the time. <laughs> that that red card, I think, is you know the the big cherry on that is the fact that it's like give the guy the yellow, then like be told in his ear probably like, hey, that's his second yellow, being like, yeah. what? <laughs> he looks at his book. He's like, "Oh, okay. Yeah. Here's a red card." It's just like, "Whoops, dude!" When you give out yellows like candy, like that's about yeah, to happen. Right? So, yeah. So at um, that point, he had given them two. That was their third yellow, and our first yellow had happened already. And then right after, we got a second yellow. So it's just like, yeah, it's just weird. It was a weird game. But listening to Bob's uh, interview after the game, he didn't even say that he thought that the team had played better than they did against Memphis. Yeah. So, you know, it's definitely you're founded in that thought. Kevin is like the team was doing better than they did against Memphis. Um, just not as many goals in, in the past we have seen this team not put away games that they need to put away mm-hmm. and kind of like lose two points to a stupid draw that they shouldn't have gotten a draw. Like that happens way too often. And that Dude, can this be the game, difference. This game had draw written all over it. For it me. did. I thought I, it was, I was worried. Draw. Yeah. Yeah. No. So like, I I'm very happy with the way it turned out, obviously. And they did what they needed to do. And that's all we can ask from them. If, if they get that three points, cool, let's move on to the next game. Um, but yeah, that uh, both goals are great, but that Kenny goal was just spectacular. It was yeah. so fun to watch. Uh, I think why? my favorite, like you, you saw Kenny like starting to like r- like kind of run to celebrate before the ball went in, right? Like when when you know you make such sweet contact with it, where he kind of like starts to kind of like fade off to the left, like he's gonna like oh yeah, like this is going in. If that was yeah, he hit it so sweetly. And there's a more important question here that uh, we didn't get an update on at all from uh, Mongol's Twitter account. How was the announcers? Oh yeah, so I I meant to add that to the agenda. I didn't I didn't mute them. Like I, that's so like they made it through a game. I don't mind so those guys. I guess. Yeah, like, yeah, they're they, okay. They're not. I don't good. mind those guys. They're not great, but they were better than the crap we had in Memphis. <laughs> I was um, listening to uh, the uh, Riverhounds UK uh, fan podcast, and Fez on that one, he had said that he thought the announcers did pretty good. So yeah. Or yeah, maybe he did I that mean, on a tweet. I can't remember how. I they're fine. <laughs> they're, you know, it's 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 what you get when you have somebody in you know Tampa calling the game. That's you know, it's not my choice. Mike's harsh. It's fine. There's no Geica. There's I am no... I am to announcers what you are to keepers, Kev. Like that's just like that's that's what we are. Um, or other jo- people named Kevin. You know, or, yeah, just... exactly. Other people named Kevin. Exactly. Higher standard. Uh, Josh, to your point, you know, you talked about it being very choppy, stop and start. I mean, there were 24 fouls in five cards in this game. So that means on average, there was a foul every three to four minutes. So like there would, you can't have a good, that's not even balls going out of play. Like Kev, we talked about this a lot. Was it last season where it's really tough to like, the games are difficult to watch and it's difficult to get any kind of rhythm when every two minutes, you know, Hartford's falling on the ground like they're made of glass and the ref is, you know, calling something. And it's just, yeah, I, yeah, it, you know, whatever. Hartford, I think the other thing that's encouraging is that I think that Hartford are going to be a better team than Memphis this year. They, they just seem like as an organization, yeah. they're a bit more progressive. So, yes, again, it was two to one. They were down to 10 men. 
but we looked better against a better team. So to me, that shows progression for us from week to week, um, which is yeah. They, they had some moment. They had some players that you know found their way out of a deep hole. You know, when there were like two or three of our players kind of surrounding them, they they did some trick and created some space for themselves and and kind of busted them out. Um, even their goal. I mean, like, look, I'm I'm going to be a little critical of. Ordonez and Williams, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Ordonez, I think, kind of gets beat a little too easily with the ball over the top. And then Williams, Williams he's trying to get back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could, you can see the argument we're trying to, you're trying to stay in between the guy and the ball, but he doesn't really do anything and he's kind of hanging back. And um, so, I mean, we're not great on their goal, but they, they took it really well. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a really good ball over the top, good control and you can get a byline, good cross and good finish. Um, so no, I think Hartford as much as Josh likes to say they're frauds, um, you know, they're, they're not bad. Just to remind you why we call Hartford fraud, <laughs> because last year they started out the season beating New York Red Bulls, beating Miami, looking great. They had some fantastic games and then they completely fell apart. So just because they look good right now doesn't mean <laughs> that there's not time for them to fall apart. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> I mean, look, adding to the fraud narrative, I thought their jerseys were like fine, but for like Miami or San Diego, like that does their jerseys don't reflect Hartford at all. Like it felt very much like a. Oh, one, like you've been to Hartford. Come I'm on. just saying it, like, when I think of Hartford, I don't think of like, pale blue blending into white like that feels very southern and caribbean to me and like i, I feel like the news that. here is that you think of hartford because i sure well, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. i listen during the game i just resorted to calling them the whalers they're they're just going to be the whalers for me from here on out they were throwing hip checks left What's, and right you gotta you gotta give the context for that mike not everyone is an old school hockey fan <laughs> Okay. Well, so years and years ago, Hartford had a hockey team called the Whalers, and they had probably one of the most iconic-looking um, logos in hockey. And then what? They became the Canucks. I, I forget where Hartford moved to. Yeah, and oh no, or was it Winnipeg? They then became the Winnipeg Jets. I think I don't know. Somebody who knows hockey is going to correct me on this. But regardless, they went away, and so there was a lot of hope that when Hartford became a soccer team. They would, as I hear Kevin feverishly <laughs> typing. Thing. We're both like, <laughs> what, what, what is what? Uh, feverishly typing. Um, Hartford, <laughs> uh, uh, they instead became Hartford Athletic when I think a lot of people were really, really hoping that they would adopt the Whaler moniker because when people think Hartford was sports, they think Whalers. So, Kev, you just lipped something. They, they became the Hurricanes. Carolina. They, oh, they moved to Carolina and they became the Hurricanes. That's yeah. right. So um, I was wrong. Yeah, the Hartford Whalers logo is really cool, and like yeah. the colors are really cool. Yeah, no, I dig, I dig the Whalers. Yeah. So uh, to me, they're just the Whalers now. Going back to the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> I gotta, what, there's a game. <laughs> I got it. I I want to. Um, I think what last week I said, I felt like Dixon was wasted at right wing back, but I didn't know how to fit him in. Uh, well, you know. Bob found a way. Um, yeah. And that, you know, that answer was Toby Sims. I thought Sims played. <sighs> you you would he played... already be like, great. And then you no, always get a compliment. <laughs> yeah, and then you like, stopped yourself. When I, His name's I not Kevin. Like... It's Toby. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Toby Sims 
played really well. Uh, but I don't want to give this impression that like I thought he was better than like Kenny on the day. Like you know, he he played well. Like for for someone that I've never like haven't seen before who is, you know, new to the team, I I doubt his position is right wing back. You know what I mean? Like so I I thought he filled that position well and I'd be happy if he started there in the next game. Um I think him and Dan Brock could be the wingbacks moving forward. Um I think it's those scenarios where Just don't forget we also got Rivera just like hanging yeah. in the by the way. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean Rivera is a utility player in that sense too. I think yeah, he can play kind of anywhere and fill both sides as well as the midfield. Um but when you have I think all of your I don't want to be harsh here, but like recognized talent in the middle of the field with Kenny, Dan Kelly, Ciceroni, Dixon. Um, you don't need to have spectacular wingbacks. You need solid wingbacks who aren't going to get caught out of position, who can keep the ball moving and, and can, you know, fill in the space that they need to fill in and press when they need to. And um, and I thought both Sims and Dan Brod did that really well. I mean, Dan Brod took his goal really well. Um, you know, Sims was solid. And then, yeah, that gives the freedom. I mean, I, I think long-term I'm a little worried if our two midfielders are Griffin and Kenny sitting next to each other. Um, but if that allows us to, yeah, I was going to say, if that allows us to have the, have more control in the game and, and, you know, kind of create more chances, um, you know, I, yeah, I'd love to see this lineup kind of continue. I thought you'd also like Sims's bite. I mean, I, did he get a yellow for his, I think he got a yellow for his challenge late in the game where he sort of stepped yeah. in and took the ball and gave a little shoulder to the guy. Lily wasn't too happy about it because he knew the ref was going to call him on it. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got a little, you got a little. Mm, yeah, him, no, so. I mean, I think both him and Dan Brott have, I, I, I don't know, sometimes I, I think like size and physicality is a little underrated. Like size in the sense of like, you can't teach being six foot three, right? Like sometimes it's nice to have a height advantage. Sometimes it's nice to just be a bit stronger than the other guy. Um, and I think both him and, and Dan brought kind of, you know, have that. And, and so, you know, and with Jelani Peters and Ordonez and I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I'm sure Williams is big, but he just looks not as big when he's next to Peters. Like Peters just looks <laughs> huge. But, and so, yeah. Listen, I mean, I so when I saw them line up together, I was like, holy crap, like we've got this massive three man back line, um, which I think is huge. But when you think about it, you know, a, a, a bit strategically and you look at sort of the stats, we won 70 percent of our aerial duels. And I think that if you really sort of dig into the fundamentals of what the team is trying to do, when you have a team like the Hounds that has a lot of offensive talent that are going to press pretty hard from time to time, what's going to happen is, is the other team is just going to try to clear the ball and to have three big guys in the back that are going to win the ball back for you or just knock it back in the other direction is huge. Like there's no, there's no area of weakness to pick out there. Like no, no forwards are going to be towering over any of those guys. Um, and they're just going to knock it down. And I got to give credit where credit's due. Um, last week, uh, uh, Kelly made team of the week. He was named player of the week. Shane Wheat also made team of the week. And I think a lot of us over the past year and even in the start of the season can be very critical of, of Shane Wheat. And um, the reason why he was on the team was I think he had seven interceptions total in the last game, which was like the most by any hound in, in I don't know how long, a few years. And this game in particular, he got subbed in late and there was a moment where 
he stepped into a challenge and I'm sitting there thinking like that might be a little risky, but he was able to battle around the player, not take the foul and win the ball back. And I went, huh? Okay. All right. So <laughs> I always got to give credit to Shane Wheat where he, I think he plays with a lot of bravery and like, I think he, he lets, um, previous mistakes in the game roll off his back really easily. Like he, he doesn't, he's, and it doesn't let it affect him. I think it's easy if you make a mistake or if you do something wrong to then go into your shell, have a safe five minutes and, and try to be really conservative. Shane, Shane Wheat does that really well. He's like, no, I'm going to keep, I, I'm going to keep doing what I know is correct. And if I mess up, so be it. And, and so, yeah, I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah. So I, I, <sighs> That back line, man. Like, it's- Another thing I was going to say, on the back line, I mean, talking about like the kind of control and confidence as we grew into the game and, and taking what Hartford gave us, you know, as you would with 10 men deeper into the game and, and just trying to pick your moments, you know, Hartford sit back really deep. Our, our back three um, at moments when we had, a, you know, good control of the ball were 10, 15 yards in their half. Which, you know, you usually don't see because that halfway line is, you know, the free offside zone. And as soon as you cross the halfway line, then you can. So to have that, you know, level of confidence of, no, we're going to, you know, we're going to compress the space and step up and, and, and do that. I, I was happy to see that. I, I wouldn't have expected that in the past. You know, I would have expected us to, you know, nope, we're going to sit on the halfway line because we don't want to get beat. Um, you know, I think it just goes back to the narrative where, you know, yeah, Bob puts a lot of pressure on on these defenders to, you know, kind of win their battles and go one-on-one. Um, it's not, you know, we're going to just put seven or, you know, eight guys behind the ball and defend in numbers all the time. Um, you know, more and more, I think these, these you know, center backs are being asked to do more and more, keep control of the ball as well as kind of go one-on-one with some of the opposition. Yeah, when you look at the average position of our players during that game, our center backs were about five yard halfway line in our zone. So like that tells you how high they were on average, um, like into your point, often playing in Hartford's half. So, yeah, I mean, does that have anything to do with them being down a man? I mean, I don't know what to expect from this. And it's, we, that's the only thing to think about. Like we played these last two games essentially on easy mode, uh, against 10 men. So it's really hard to kind of get a feel right now for like, what is this team? And going back to it, too, I mean, we haven't talked about it yet, but if, I don't know. If I'm being honest, I think Hartford could have had a pen. I think Dixon, you know, yeah. Dixon, looking back on it, he made that challenge. I, when I first saw it on TV, I was like, oh, okay. Like, no, he won the ball. Yeah, they went back and did slow-mo sometimes. And, uh, you know, I, I think he went through the Hartford player's foot. And uh, on another day, that could have been a Hartford pen. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I think on the flip side, though, too, you could also make the argument, was it Cicerone that could have had a pen as well? There was a moment where he was knocked off and he didn't he didn't really go down. I think it was Fez who mentioned it on his uh, show where like if that was the Premier League, there would have been a, a dive and they would have tried <laughs> to bought the the pen. But Cicerone sort of stayed on his feet a little bit and uh, and just rolled with it because he was he was heading towards the goal. So, I, yes, I think they could have had a pen. Um and, 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 you know, in all honesty, when you're a team where your defenders are playing in the other team's half, 
your best chance is just going to be on the counterattack. And so they had one or two chances on the counter like that. But for the most part, we really sort of limited what they had, as you would hope for 10 men. And to your point, you know, just to reiterate it again, Kev, is we're not saying this was a great performance. Like this is still the second game of the season in the typical period where we're trying to figure things out. And we've always said that this team has a slow ramp up. It just so happens that the slow ramp up coincides with a lot of talent that we're already seeing. So fingers crossed that this continues and that, you know, what we're seeing now is a C-level Hounds team and we're slowly progressing towards a B and an A. Do do both of you like the lineup for this kind of moving forward? Like, would you want to see any changes maybe to it? Like, I'm because I'll, I'll give you time to think about it. I mean, as I'm looking about the, at the starting 11, what I really like is I think, you know, we have we have a player to bring in both in defense, midfield and attack that I think does, it isn't a huge drop drop off. So mm-hmm. Shane, Shane Veet, um, Kelly Rosales and Dequa, I think are the three where like you can kind of, you know, they're wonderful subs to have, um, you know, or in, in certain games and scenarios, if either, if all three of them or any, any of the three of them start in the position of someone else, no problem. Um, so I think that's, you know, I'm really, I'm really encouraged by that. And I mean, I think in addition to that, there are other players like Ibarra that came in that, uh, that can put in a shift. We talked about Rivera still not being in the lineup. Like there are a lot of players that this team has that can step in and make a difference. And. But would you, do you like the starting 11? I mean, I think. In my opinion, there are some names that are just always going to be first on the sheet. So I think Kelly, Ciceroni, Dixon are always going to be first on the sheet. You you can't take out Forbes. You can't take out Griffin. Um, I think that uh, probably Peters is probably a must start. Um, haven't seen enough of Ordonez, but what I've seen I've liked. Um, you know, same thing with, with, um, with Williams. So like, I, I, I haven't seen I think, enough minutes of these players to be able to justify saying you should absolutely swap one of these guys out. Yeah. So, yeah. I think Danny's the big thing there. Uh, Rivera, like, I, I don't know, like yeah. once he's able to play, cause right now he's not, um, yeah. Where do you put him? Yeah. Like he, he probably should be on the field. So yeah, I yeah. don't know who gets taken out for that. But yeah, so there's definitely some finagling that I wouldn't be upset in seeing in the back line. Uh, and, you know, like, I don't think there's anyone who absolutely needs to be replaced, though. Like, I'm happy with this lineup. Um, and I think there's plenty of growth that this lineup can have. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be upset if this was the starting lineup. I think what'll be interesting is to see what Lily actually does with all of these players. I think that because of the the depth and because of the ability, he has the potential to go into teams knowing what teams are going to do and put out a lineup that just counter. So like who, maybe, maybe against Detroit, we're going to see, you know, Dequa and Kelly up front and then you have you know Ciceroni underneath them or like we can play with all sorts of different formations and styles because we have so many players that we could plug in and use in different ways and things like that that to see a team that isn't so wed to one system is really entertaining I just don't want to see Dixon back at 
right wing back. I, I think he looked really free and liberated, like in that kind of 10 role with Kenny yeah. and Griffin behind him. Um, and I think we got, but at the same time, I don't know if I'm being honest, we probably, he probably had a better game in the last game at right wing back, but I don't know. I just, I like seeing Dixon constantly closer to the goal, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, well, I guess we will wait and see um, because, you know, in just a few short days, we are going to be in Detroit uh, taking on the newest members of the Eastern Conference. I guess, guys, anything else you want to talk about as it relates to this game before we uh, talk a little bit about Detroit? Uh, Toby, uh, Sims got hurt, uh, but we have no idea how hurt he is. Yeah, Yeah, Fez (laughs) asked any news on Toby Sims' injury. We have not heard anything. Um, so, you know, as soon as we hear something, I'm sure we will pass it along. Um, I did not see, uh, like sort of how severe the injury looked or anything like that. So, um, we'll have to follow up with the team and, and, and see what they're thinking there. Hopefully it's not too bad. Um, because I agree. I think he put in a really good shift. I think he showed some bite and if him being in there allows Dixon to play more all over the field, then great. I think that's a net positive for everybody. So, yeah. All righty, gentlemen. Sunday. Sunday. Not Sunday. Saturday. Saturday, road trip to Detroit. Josh, you said, what, 30-some people are getting in the cars and driving? Yeah, at this point, we have about 30 going up. Um, it's about awesome. a four-and-a-half, five-hour drive to Detroit, um, which is sadly, like, the close trip for us <laughs> compared yeah. to everyone else. So, uh, yeah, that sucks. Um, but there's no, there's no like train that goes there, right? I looked it up. No train. I, I, I was thinking that too. I'm like, maybe there's a Amtrak. Maybe we could do that. And it was like, no, no, that's not an option. Like, all right, fine. Um, and bus was like, we looked into it and yeah, it was way too expensive. Uh, so yeah, so we're doing a caravan. Some of them toughy bucks, man. Get, get toughy. Yeah. Get toughy to, to sponsor a bus. There was a bus that was, uh, on auction and, uh, we tried, or some of the members tried to talk us into uh, buying a bus. Like it's th- the, the auction starts at a thousand dollars. Like yeah, but then like upkeep on the bus where we're gonna park it. Listen, gas. like this sounds totally, like a lot. <laughs> totally, totally side conversation. There's a guy that I know out here who is a retired state trooper, and um, and he got a bus at like a police auction and turned it into like a traveling van for his family and they drive to like Disney and back like once a year. Um, so it can be done. I'm, Just... I'm not saying it can't be done, but I, <laughs> I don't even have a driveway. So <laughs> it can't be done by me is what I'm saying. I'm not Fair paying enough. for a, uh, you know, dedicated parking spot for the bus. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so that that's unfortunately not happening. Uh, but we are doing like pretty much like a caravan type thing going on. And we have over 30 people, around 30 people at this point, hoping we get some more. I'd love to get up to 50. That would be my ultimate goal. That's probably not going to happen, but that would be awesome. Uh, But yeah, all of us finding different like Airbnbs and hotels. Some people are just going up and down the same night. That's crazy, but cool. The game is early, though. The game starts at 4 p.m. Because I'm not convinced there's lights at the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) Um. You might not be wrong. I, I, haven't, I haven't looked too closely, but from yeah. the highlights that I've watched, maybe not. Yeah, it's it's I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure they're going to be or at least right. they like that's the we'll reason pull some why cars up and like put the yeah, lights on the field. It'll be fine. Yeah. Bethlehem Steel. That's why they don't play in the league anymore because <laughs> they didn't have lights. So they right. had to 
go back over to uh yeah philly yeah. but yeah, yeah so uh, excited for the trip i'm i'm pumped it's our first like big away trip in years since the pandemic essentially if somebody is listening to this and they weren't previously planning on going but now they want to go who should they like reach out to um, if you could jump on the Discord, the Steel Army Discord, that's that's always a good idea. We also, if you just message the Twitter account or any of our other socials, we can give you the sign-up sheet. We have information on there. There's still people who have room in their cars if you want to try to carpool. Um, there might be a couple people still looking for like roommates and that kind of stuff to help pay for Airbnbs, that kind of stuff. Um, and I know there's at least one person who has room in their car who is going up and back the same day. So like, if you just want to, you know, impulsively, like, let's do this, uh, someone has room in their car, you know, get on that sign up sheet, see who has a room available, contact them and, uh, we'll go from there. I'm guessing tickets, getting tickets for the games aren't really an issue. I saw some of the highlights from their last home game and it seems like there was a lot of, not a lot, but there were some empty seats. So it was also a wet day for them. So I don't know if the, the weather kept a lot of the fans away. Um, obviously the supporter section was packed as always there right. and it looked awesome. Um, super excited for the atmosphere there, but yeah, yeah. as far as the rest of the grandstands, it, it did look pretty empty. Uh, but we do have a special link. So that's another reason to contact the steel army. If you're going to be sitting with us, um, we have a, you know, a way supporter link that makes the ticket a little bit cheaper. So nice. Our buddy Harry, um, shout out to Harry, uh, shared on Twitter that Detroit's already talking smack on the Hounds, um, trying to get something route up. Yeah, <laughs> specifically going after Cicerone because there's some history there in terms of him playing against them previously. And um, yes, Cicerone hat trick, calling it now. That's right. They, they, <laughs> they may or may snack. not have uh, referred to us as Schittsburg. So, um, you know, look, here's the thing. Um, okay, so... They've played two games. They've scored once. All of this feels very cute. It feels like when Indy came into the league. And like oh, don't patronize tried, them, Micah. No, my, my thing is, is like they came in, they tried to talk a big game. And, you know, listen, would I love to see there be a rivalry developed between Pittsburgh and Detroit? Absolutely. They are currently our, our closest rivals. Um, I would love to see it happen, and I think it will happen. I think the fans are super passionate. I think we're super passionate. I think it's going to happen. But to, like, come out swinging before we even played our first game, like, guys, like, come on. Like, come on. Like, I mean, they're, they're I mean, this is what you expect to see from Detroit, and this is what <laughs> people love about Detroit is they they – they're like, like the little chihuahua that like just is going to tear your leg <laughs> yeah. apart because they're a little dog. They're little, but you know what? They have passion. They That's definitely right. think they're the biggest fish in you know, the the ocean, really. So it's 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 true, and it is a David and Goliath, and you know it's easy to kind of like <laughs> get into that. And just in general, they they always view themselves as like the put upon club, like. Yeah. It's us against the world is how they feel. And yeah. it's their brand. It's their, sh- their shtick. And it's they're sticking to it. So, yes. Uh, woe is them. Uh, everyone <laughs> hates them. And I'm sure, you know, they have that chip on their shoulder for a reason. I don't know what it is, but they have it there. Listen, so they, they just to give you some background on what they've done in their first two games, they played San Antonio uh, in, their, in their opener. They lost one nothing. They beat the battery at home. This weekend, one nothing. Um, so you know, basically, they have scored one goal in two games. 
Um, their goal differential is basically zero. They've given up a goal. They scored a goal. They're averaging one and a half shots on target over two games. Um, for comparison, Jeez. we're averaging four and a half shots on target per game over our first two games. Um, and, you know, they beat the battery, but the battery had one shot on target. Like, we're going to have more than one shot on target. Like, I hate to, I hate to break it to you guys. So... I'm excited that we're going into Detroit. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. I think the fans are going to be up for it. I think, you know, you guys are going to be up for it. <laughs> Stay safe. Um, but like, I, I don't, I don't think this is going to be close. I think I mean, it's, yeah, I'm hoping it's not close. I do think they're, I don't know, tenacity is what, you know, they, they can bank on is the fact that their, their club definitely, you can tell the players are like giving it their all during these games yeah. and especially in front of that home crowd, because it is like a point of pride to almost a degree that is unseen in most USL teams. So yeah. it's, it's definitely going to be intense atmosphere. I'm looking forward to it, but also like it's a fun place. Like yeah. the, the club it's or the uh, supporters themselves. They're, they're awesome. They're fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they, you know, like I said, the whole Chihuahua thing, they, they, they seem really mean, but then eh, they're, they're all pretty awesome. So yeah, I, there was, it's, it's going to be hard to be rivals with them in the same way that like, it's almost in the same way actually as with Louisville, where Louisville is like, you know, on the field, we, we have something to prove and there's something there and there's like a rivalry, but as far as their fans go, it's like, yeah, okay. Like they're, they're, they're hard to be upset about. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. cool. They, there's fun people. Unlike with uh, Indy 11, Indy, I feel like yeah. the rivalry there is actually less on the field and more just like, man, their f- fans are jerks. Like, yep. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there was a documentary that was done about Detroit's fans. And I think a lot of people in the USL were, were massive fans of their supporters and their club years before they came to the USL. So I think when the news broke that Detroit was coming, everybody was really excited because of the fans. So I'm not surprised that they're talking smack and I'm not surprised that they're going to be up for this game and that it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm not surprised that they become, you know, a new rival. I think it's going to be great, but the rivalry is largely going to take place on the field. If we, you know, smack them down in this game, then we'll see how much of a rivalry there is. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a fun Saturday one way or another. Kev, You've been laughing at us this whole time and making faces. Do you? <laughs> no, you I think look, I, you guys, you guys are cued in a lot more to the kind of community discussions around like the fans and the exchanges with the fans. I don't know to what level they're being. You know, I don't know what's a safe word to say, but like, <laughs> I don't yeah, know yeah, what, yeah. to what level they're they're not being cool. But if they're just like backing themselves and just being like, "Look, we're great. Everyone else isn't great," <laughs> and like. And we'll show you. It's great. Love it. I, you know, bring it on. I think it's, you know, passion is good. Uh, yeah, don't be, don't be buttheads. But, uh, but no, I think it's great. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I hope they think we're crap. I hope they call us out. And, you know, at the end of the day, we can shake hands and everything's cool. Uh, but I think it makes for more intense games. And, you know, all, all, all I watched was the highlights from their uh, home game. And their home opener. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, there were moments where, you know, I think, you know, their goal was well taken. They, they showed moments of class, but then there were also, you know, some 
kind of missteps and calamities to, to let in Charleston as well. So I think it'll be interesting. Um, I think it's, you know, I'll, I'll reserve judgment to, to guess, you know, how this is going to go. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's exciting already. I think two things real quick. One, uh, you know, I'm sure the Steel Army will love it, but Hopano was the one that scored for them. Former City Islander Hopano was the one who scored for them last week. So go ahead, Josh. You guys can chew on that one all week. Yeah, um, that's good. <laughs> um, secondly, uh, in their first two games, they seem to play very narrow up the middle of the field. So, Kev, we just talked about how great it is to have Alex Dixon on the inside. I also would not be surprised to see Alex Dixon out wide to totally take advantage of some width and just try to run the outside of the field. Let them have the inside, and we just play out wide and into the top where you have some big guys in the middle that are knocking balls down. So, yeah. I'm not sure how big their pitch is. Like, it looks pretty tiny. So, I yeah. also don't know how much with we can really have on that field as far right. as like and it's a very tight space to begin with like i don't know if you've yeah. seen the the videos but it's like as soon as you get off the field you're up against a advertisement board so it feels almost <laughs> like it feels almost like the german pitches where yeah. like you're like the fans are there like they are on you and it's yeah, yeah. It, um, it's it's gonna be a fun atmosphere just for, for that alone and they do have lights i i can now okay, see good. an angle where they have, <laughs> i don't know why they always play at 4 p.m maybe it's like some residential area where the noise ordinance gets in the way but uh yeah like they're they're like, like u.s open cup matches where like yeah in somebody's backyard yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, josh score prediction what do you think um i feel like I don't think we're running away with it. I feel like it's going to be a, a tighter score line. I, I do think we're going to get the win, but I'm I'm thinking like closer to like two zero, two one, than a uh, you know blowout three zero four zero. Kev, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but like I, I'm going to call I'm going to call this one one. You know, we like they'll probably have eleven men by the end of the game. That'll be a new challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I have my doubts. I have my doubts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, uh, yeah, I'll say 1-1. One, one. Oh, man. See, I was going to say 3-0. Be um, that one. You, I was in that one. He was in that one. <laughs> Look, so San Antonio is a decent team. Battery, new coach, uh, like, new system. And like you beat them one nothing, you're averaging one and a half shots on target per game. Like I just don't see that being enough to like cause any damage for us. It just, it's 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 not going to do it. So I'll say three nil. Um, maybe that's feeling a little too ambitious, but honestly, like this game this past weekend could have been four one five one. If one of the two deflections off of Ciceroni that just like bounced off him would have gone in, you know, we would have been looking at five one six one. So, um, yeah, I'll say three. No, I, I feel good about this offense and what they've brought offensively so far. You know, I think even their goal this past weekend was from a set piece. So, like, just don't it was it wasn't from run of play. So just don't give many dangerous set pieces. And even at that, I think we got the bodies to take care of business what so. detroit school yeah was no, that run a play? play yeah I think it was, was it play. There, there must have been some other game i was looking at then that um yeah yeah so guy did some did some step overs you know that's <laughs> big stuff 
Big stuff. Some, some You're laughing at us throwing shade, and here yeah. you are now, Kev. They should yeah, be a pro yeah. team. That'd be really cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oy. Well, that is what we think. Let us know what you think. Gentlemen, anything else that uh, that you guys want to talk about here? I already mentioned Hartford or Frauds. Uh, <laughs> Detroit is a chihuahua. Um, no, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. good. If you're good. Be <laughs> sure to go check out uh, Houndsy and go check out the UK Riverhounds podcast, which I can't yeah. remember if that had coming out came out since our last show or not. But uh, so. great stuff from across the pond there. So, Fez, well done. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's it from us. So thank you everyone for listening. You know, this is your weekly reminder as always that black lives matter. We are proudly part of the beautiful game network, which is home to more to a hundred, more than a hundred volunteer writers and podcasters covering local soccer. Help us all keep doing what we're doing. Head over to BGN.FM and click the donate button to help us cover our expenses. And thank you for your support. Otherwise, thank you, everybody. We will talk to you very soon very soon cheers later